Hey guys, it's me, Misha Youssef. This is Tell Them I Am. A few years ago, I was walking out of Dos Toros in the West Village and it was freezing. My nose was like super sniffly. So before I pushed the door open, I turned, I grabbed 10 napkins and I stuffed them into my pocket. And my boyfriend looks at me and he's like, I do that too. And it hit me. Oh my God. My mom's car is full of napkins from restaurants. Her purses too. They're everywhere. I was 24 years old and I was already turning into my mother. I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit of a nightmare, but I'm pretty sure that's the natural reaction, right? Who wants to be their mom? Unless your mom is... I was gonna say Madonna, but no. If your mom is Victoria Beckham or like J-Law, those women who were super cool, who else would want to be their mom? Not me. I would argue that even Victoria Beckham's kids probably resent the idea of turning into her. But either way, I'm not alone in this. Will you tell me who you are and what you're best known for? My name is Tan France. I am from Netflix's Queer Eye, and I am best known as the style guy. However, I'm probably best known for my hair. He does have incredible hair. But back to the point. What I'm trying to say is that if Tan, the style guy France, is pissed about turning into his mom, then I'm allowed to be pissed about it too. If anyone were to ask me if I've become my mother, the answer is a, an absolute no. I have not become my mother. I will tell everyone I'm not, but I know I am. I tell people I'm not because I refuse to accept the fact that I am my mother, but I know that I am. Unlike me, the behavior that Tan's mom taught him is a lot bigger than hoarding napkins in your car. It's basically like fundamental to who he is. I um, would love to be a better person, but I'm not. And uh, my, my worst habit, which I don't plan on changing anytime soon, is that I do love and I told you so. First of all, that's right. Tan loves and I told you so. Second of all, let's just take a minute to appreciate the fact that he uses it in noun form. Do you remember like where you learned this from? My mom was always just like any good Asian mom. She was constantly scolding us for something. And she would always say, well, don't do that because this is going to happen. And don't do this because this is going to happen. And it would inevitably happen. And then she would very calmly look at us and say, told you it was going to happen. Not, oh, let me help you. You're clearly bleeding. It was a case of, no, I told you that was going to happen. So you deal with it now. Tan has made a career based on giving advice. He's really good at it. And he knows he's really good at it. It's the reason why he's utterly shocked when people don't listen to him. So I can keep this and burn it? You can burn that. Okay, great. You've got a bit of a beer belly. Yeah. But you live in gym clothes. Are you going to the gym? Uh, You're working out. You go out. I want you to look in that mirror and think... I look damn good, and I'm gonna get laid tonight. Yeah, Is that too that far? Would be real. Is that too far? Nah, that's All great. right, good. Yeah. Let's get it. If I can see you're doing something clearly stupid, and I give you a better way of doing it or suggest that you don't do it, you should take that advice. And if you choose not to, I will relish in very calmly saying to you when it turns out you were wrong, I told you so. But like more than just the simple satisfaction he gets from saying it, 
is the fact that it's almost pathological at this point. He can't help himself, even when he wants to. Sometimes I try so hard, I'm thinking, Tan, don't you say it? And then it's like, word vomit, it just comes out. The trait runs so deep that he can trace it back to when he was only nine years old. When I was nine was the first time I really remember articulating it this way. It happened while he was on a family trip to Pakistan. We were just on vacation. We were there for a few months. We were there for like three, three or three and a half months. It's his parents, his sister, who's the oldest, his brother, who's in the middle, and Tam, the baby. Well, he was nine at the time, but you get what I'm saying. He's the youngest. On this particular day, he and his siblings are all hanging out in one of the bedrooms of the house they're staying at. And he distinctly remembers one thing. It was very hot, very, very hot. We were in, it was in the summer. Central air wasn't an option, so they have a fan going. And it was one of those fans that was uh, a standalone fan, and it was a metal cage with metal blades. And this metal cage was slightly too separated, like the, the prongs in it was slightly too separated. The cage of the fan is broken, but I mean, it still works. So they have this thing on full blast right next to where they're sitting on the bed. I think we were watching... Ah, we were playing um, that, God, what's it called? That little uh, Nintendo handheld game. Oh, Game Boy, Game Boy, Game Boy. Um, We were playing a Game Boy and we were all just sat around watching each other play on this Game Boy. So my sister was playing uh, the Game Boy. I was over her shoulder watching. My brother was next to me, leaning over, trying to push this fan onto him because it was oscillating, but he wanted it more on him because it was really hot. His brother keeps trying to move the fan closer to where he's sitting on the bed. But instead of grabbing it by the stand, he keeps grabbing it from the front of the fan, the cage part that protects you from the blades. But remember, the cage is kind of broken and separated. And I kept saying, you know, if you keep pushing that towards you, you, your fingers are going to slip into that fan and you're going to hurt yourself. Remember, I am the youngest. I am the youngest sibling. I am younger than him. But I was definitely smarter. He might have been smarter, but that doesn't matter when you're the youngest. As a youngest sibling, Tan is the eternal tag-along. Forget about playing the Game Boy. He's lucky to even be in the room. And definitely forget about anyone listening to you, ever. Especially not your older brother. And so I, uh, I kept on, don't, don't keep moving that. You're gonna, yes, your finger's going to slip in, you're going to hurt yourself. At this point, you can probably tell where this is going. Uh, And then as I was looking at the Game Boy, I turned for a moment from him after scolding him and looked at the Game Boy. And that's when it happened because you hear just this weird sound that wasn't was no longer just the the constant of the fan. It stopped for a moment and made a weird clip. And that's when he jolted and looked at his hand and we both were like, oh, shh. Um, And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But there was so much blood coming out of this finger as he was holding it that he then fell to the floor, slumped from the bed to the floor and laid down uh, and fainted. And he was there for what seemed like a couple of minutes. He wasn't moving or saying anything. And so we were like, oh, oh, shoot, like my parents aren't here. What the heck do we do? And so we were kind of just slapping him around a little bit to try and wake him up. And then he woke up. As he woke up, I was leaning over him, and that's when I said, very calmly, I told you that was going to happen. 
Support comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media. VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. And I have continued to do that many, 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 many times over the subsequent decades. It really makes me laugh. It honestly brings me so much joy. If I know that I've got an opportunity to tell somebody I told you so, I am gleeful about it. And I'll practically skip to that person. To an outsider, it looks like Tan's come a long way from the kid craning his neck to watch somebody else play Nintendo. His words no longer hit dead ears. The opposite, in fact. But still, Tan's need to be heard is so strong. And for better or worse, these tiny traits that sprout during our youth tend to blossom as we get older. And then, defying all laws of physics, those blossoms turn into cement. And sometimes they crack, sometimes they don't. And that, folks, is called a personality. And then our family and friends, the people we love, suffer the consequences. I probably do it every day with my husband. He buys jeans all the time, constantly, constantly, constantly buys jeans. Uh, And it enrages me because there's no reason to, like, go to a store, find some jeans, put them on your body. If they fit, buy them. He buys online, even though I keep telling him they are not going to fit. They arrive, they don't fit right. I told you so. This has culminated to Tan's husband hiding all of his online purchases, only to avoid those four simple words. I will come home after a few weeks away of promoting the show or working for the show, come home and there's no packages there other than for me. I'm like, that. I know that's not real. I will find them eventually and I do. But that's also the kind of thing that like he doesn't have to learn, right? There's no consequence. If I wasn't nagging him constantly, of course, there's no consequences. <laughs> I am the consequence. <laughs> it's not just his husband. He does it with everybody. Like this one friend of his, who's a Mormon, who continually tried to get the men she dated to convert. She kept getting broken up with. And I was like, listen, uh, I keep telling you that you can't change a person. If they do not believe in God, you have no right to try and encourage them to believe in God. That's their choice. After countless breakups, she finally listens to him. So she stopped. She She started dating men knowing that they may never change. She managed to continue dating this guy for two and a half years, never mentioned Mormonism, never talked about it other than the fact that I'm Mormon, but that's it. That's where it ends. Don't you worry about it. You do you. Doesn't faze me. That guy eventually decided he wanted to look into it. He converted to Mormonism. They are now very happily married. I told you so. If you try and force them into it, they're going to pull away. They're not interested. Rightly so. Nobody wants to be forced into believing something that they currently don't believe. If they find it of their own volition, wonderful. Support it, great. But you don't need to be the person encouraging it because you don't want them to only believe in that thing because of you. 
So this woman stops trying to tell these men what to do. In fact, she kind of had to stop. But Tan essentially ceases to exist if he stops giving people advice. So what's the difference? Well, a lot of things, but mainly this. Giving advice for Tan works. And he knows it. He's known it since he was a kid. I mean, people would pay good money for Tan to be their consequence, to hold them to higher standards than the ones they've set for themselves. Okay, so now you professionally do this. You're basically giving people advice professionally. I know, so now I feel, like, (laughs) validated. I feel vindicated at this point. I'm like, see, I was right all along. I even got a show for it. Do you ever tire of it? Do you ever wish you didn't have to give other people advice? No. I felt like I spent my whole life training for this. It's my favorite favorite thing in the world. No, I love giving advice. Some of my castmates hate that I give unsolicited advice, but gosh, no, I love it. I will take any opportunity I can. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. You can learn more about Tan France in his new book, Naturally Tan. I know, it's an incredible title. It's available for pre-order right now. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed by Mary Knopf with help from James Kim. It was written by Mary Knopf and me. Mary is my producer, and don't tell James Kim, but she's probably my favorite co-worker. Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KBCC. She's also our editor. Valentina Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our engineers. Our beautiful music is by David Leinard. Our incredibly dedicated graphic designer is Stephanie Kraft. You can find illustrations of all our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to Emin Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. Speaking of KPCC, we're a public radio station. And you know what that means. We rely on your support to fund projects like this. And, 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 and if you make a donation today of 35 bucks, you can get a Tell Them I Am t-shirt that is this like amazing pink that looks good on literally everyone. I swear, go check it out at kpccpodcast.org. And while you're there, go ahead and donate. Or tweet me a compliment or something. Or both. We'll be back tomorrow with another story.